Welcome to Hellbent for Metal, the podcast that's computer exploded about an hour before it was going to record. So uh, if today's uh, episode is a little bit uh, under bed, that's why. Um, and tonight is going to be fueled entirely by Grindcore and a free to South African Shannon blog. Joining me, as always, is uh, a man who I'm not going to make a funny joke about just yet because uh, there's one coming up. Um, Mr. Matt Rushton. Matt, what did you spend the evening of the day we record the last episode doing? Was that when I was listening to Sugar Babes? Uh, it might have ended in the Sugar oh, Babes, but you were doing something <laughs> before that that involved a certain streamer we both know. Oh, right, yeah. A drug thing. Oh, I don't know. I was very drunk. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm going to fill this in. Uh, Matt was moderating the stream for a friend of the pod, Terry Beezer. Uh, who was uh, had dis- who'd listened to uh, one episode of Hellbent Metal and <laughs> decided to uh, do his entire Twitch stream in drag, which I thoroughly approve of. Uh, thank you, Terry, for that was very uh, f- amusing for everyone yeah. involved. We're a very good influence. <laughs> Ma- yeah, very good influence, and obviously Matt me- remembers the uh, whole experience very well. Um, the, but I was sober, he wasn't. Um, we are Hellbent for Metal, the LGBT plus heavy metal podcast. You can find us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and just about anywhere else an RSS feed slides gently home. Um, if you are enjoying us on any of those platforms that uh, offers you the option to leave us a review, uh, we would really appreciate if you could do so. I know I said last week that we would be reading some of the good ones out if we uh, have enough uh, but uh, this week is going to be slightly patched show so I'm going to skip that for this week uh, but if you would look which gives you just more time to go and leave us a rating or review so that would be really nice uh, we uh, seek to be a voice for the LGBT plus community within heavy metal and as part of that we want to hear from any and everyone who helps heavy metal happen who is part of the LGBT plus community uh, if that sounds like you if you are in a band if you are helping behind the scenes in any way uh please do get in touch with us because we'd love to have you on uh matt how can people get in touch with us should they fancy they can reach us by email it's tom.hbfm at gmail.com we're also on twitter at hbfm pod instagram is hellbent for metal pod or one word and we are also now on facebook facebook.com slash hellbent for metal pod our dms are open on all of those platforms so please do get in touch we'd love to hear from you and uh, speaking of uh, hearing from you, um, the, the, our social media networks have been a little busy this week, which is why this week's episode is going to be a little bit different from the usual format. Uh, we are not going to op- open with a hashtag yes homo or a side by side or any of the regular content you might expect to find in here. Instead, we're going to have a little session that I like to call peace of mind after my use of that particular Iron Maiden reference and dreadful pun last week. On Wednesday this week, Blabmouth, which for all its ills remains just about the closest closest thing heavy metal has to a newswire, uh, did its usual reposting of a press release on the new project from uh, the keyboard player from Faith No More, who's Ruddy Bottom, who's also a member of the LGBT plus community. His project is called Man on Man, which is done with his boyfriend, uh, and it is basically a celebration of their relationship, which is a daddy-bear relationship. Uh, if anyone wants to know what a bear is, just listen to last week's episode. We explained that daddy is basically where a older and often financially um, not just solvent but um, strong 
man ha- enters a relationship with a younger man. And I emphasize man, there is nothing creepy about it. This is a bearded bloke who, is, who appears to be in his 30s, as far as we can tell. And the, the story they posted had a embedded image, which was fairly tame. It was basically the two men who were shirtless, hugging with one kissing the other on the cheek. Fairly innocuous, you would think. Unfortunately, social media being what it is, the comment sections were an absolute fucking sewer. Um, Matt, give us an idea of exactly what kind of effluent I'm talking about with some of the Twitter examples. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't fun reading, but we felt it was necessary to bring in a few of these. Um, The amount of just vomit emojis and vomit gifs throughout the whole thing was staggering to see. Yeah, that Uh, wasn't funny, was it? That was quite awful. Some individual quotes... Uh, there was one on Twitter which said, Come on, man, we don't need to see this front and centre on my feed. There was another, You can run the story without the pictures, not against what he is doing, but come on. I sort of feel like you are against what he's doing if you're saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> if you don't want bit. to see a picture of it, you might be against it. Hmm. There was one um, on Facebook where some guy commented, Didn't he date Courtney Love? So, half gay. Yes, because I'm sure Roddy doesn't actually know his own sexuality. I don't think you get to be the authority on that, mate. Also never heard of a beard, apparently. Mm, quite. Um, can't imagine anyone would want to buy this disgusting garbage. I mean, it's... Really? In this day and age? You know? Yes. I mean, if you think if you think Twitter was bad, though, a little wander over to Facebook. And I have to say, I didn't delve too deep because there's only so far into that particular mound of shit I was willing to wade. Yeah. Um, but Facebook is, is, you know, always the land of the sane and home of the wise um, since the dawn of time, clearly. Um, and such pearls of wisdom uh, as this were available. One user said... That has to be the most repulsive thing I've ever seen. God help us all. I was so tempted to send him a DM. Um, uh, we also had a, a user who, who said, the funniest thing ever, two bears going at it. Not sure if he's actually being sarcastic or if he actually means it, but uh, I'm not willing to give anyone the benefit of the doubt in this particular uh, thread. Um, we had another user who, and this was a particular favourite, said, this is bullshit. Fuck Blabmouth, I'm cancelling this shit. Because you know, apparently cancel culture is fine if it's against the gays. Um, even the great Rob Halford wouldn't subject us to this because he respects himself and he respects us to each his own. But what you do in your own private bedroom should stay, you should keep it there. He obviously hasn't been on Rob Halford's grinder. Uh, I hope he hasn't been on Rob <laughs> Halford's grinder. He obviously hasn't been on Rob Halford's Instagram. That's a very different social media account. Um, and seen the picture with the assless chaps. Uh, and finally, uh, we had one you know, wise user who I checked where he's from. He's from Los Angeles. So this isn't like someone who's from Riyadh or somewhere else that we know is you know is going to be a bit of a problem. Uh, this was someone from Los Angeles, California, who said, I was done with Faith No More from this dude's, uh, emphasis his, last promo pick. Totally unacceptable. Um, although I will add this one, there was one commenter who said, uh, he's great on the keyboards but sucks on an organ. And that is funny. <laughs> that, I, that I'm absolutely fine with. It does remind me of that time, that weird time when Dave Mustaine went on uh, Nevermind the Buzzcocks and uh, made it. There was a, a piece about Elton John and, and as to whether he threw a, a hissy fit because of, of some flowers on his piano. Um, and uh, Dave Mustaine went made the joke that said, well, no, I think it probably was that one because uh, really he, uh, he, he ended up with uh, roses on his piano, but he wanted 
tulips on his organ. I've not seen that one. That sounds good. <laughs> it's quite it's quite funny actually. I mean, as much as you know, you want to think the worst of Dave Mustaine, he is a very nice man. <laughs> not sure that joke was said with the uh, the best of intentions, but there we go. We'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt this one time because that was before he was completely crazy. Uh, basically, though, this was fucking horrible. Yeah, I mean. There was one on Twitter as well, another comment that I saw, which said, so gay lol, in, you know, what they thought was a negative way. And I was like, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, it's a celebration well of a loving relationship. The thing is that, I mean, the most obvious overt point to say here is if this was a straight couple or a lot of these people, if it was two women, they wouldn't have a problem, would they? No. And there was there was one particular... Um, comparison that uh, a friend of the pod Alex um, made the comment that no one batted an eyelid when typo negative did bloody kisses uh, which was you know a cover which was much more kind of soft erotica of two women about to snog yep. and and no one batted an eyelid there and and you know the the, the other example I, you could give is is the Cradle of Filth debut, the principle of evil made flesh, which is way more not safe for work. Like there are yeah. there are there are hints of boob, and you know, there's kind of added you know, vampiric shit going in for good measure. Because of course there is its Cradle of Filth record, and just no one would care. I mean, there's so many examples of this in you know album art and music videos. I mean, we were talking about Teresa. Was it last week or the week before? Where this, the video is full of scantily clad women. Yeah. If that yeah. was scantily clad men, can you imagine what these people would be saying? Yeah, there are thigh-stroking shots in that. <laughs> like there's people running hands up and down each other's thighs in in the, oh, exactly. in the bit where where Warlord is is being kind of the pimp, which you know for us was hilarious because we think thought he just looked like he was trying too hard. But you know, no one's objecting to that on moral grounds. Well, apart from the no. Westboro Baptist Church, but fuck those guys. I mean, how does this shit make you feel when you see it? I hate to say it, but I'm sort of numb to it now. <laughs> I think you see it so often that, I mean, for me personally, I have become numb to it to the point where I don't get offended by it, but I get upset by it for the people that will. I just, I just literally don't understand it. I don't understand. I've never understood why anyone has to be involved or has to poke their nose into other people's business if it's not doing anything to hurt them if it's not interfering with their lives in any way just let people get on with it and you know i mean a lot of these comments were about just the not just the actual promo shoots and the art but the fact that it was roddy and his boyfriend like there are so many examples of couples in bands like straight couples like and no one has ever had that problem before i i just don't get it no and look, I, I back before they split up i went to um leaves his eyes studio where Alex and Liv at the time were still married and no one ever said anything about that and objected to it in fact there was just an awful lot of straight dudes being quite misogynistic towards Liv a bunch mm. of times and how she appeared rather than the fact she was a brilliant singer and you know, the, no one would say anything like this if this was a picture of uh, Sharon and Robert from Within Temptation no one would bat a fucking eyelid no of course and the other, the other point the other kind of equivalent thing is there are loads and loads and loads of kind of romantic shots of couples in black and white with soft lighting where they're hugging basically topless and there's like an arm covering nipples. 
and a lot of them because a lot of them are pregnancy shots right it's oh look we're pregnant mm -hmm. and we've taken for some reason he's taken his top off as well and i've removed my bra but <laughs> hey you know it but you know no one no one particularly sensible goes oh no that's really really offensive and horrible no. and i hate it well because it's objectively not um i mean yeah. there is that <laughs> yeah like you said this this these press shoots are pretty fucking tame we've seen so much worse like you know if if Roddy and his boyfriend were like standing there in a fucking jock strap, like you know, bulge fully on display, and like doing something a bit more provocative, can you imagine what these people who were offended by this would be like then? Like, if this is enough to fucking trigger them, like, geez. Have they seen a Ramstein video? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, have you seen the video to Pussy by Ramstein? Actually, I haven't seen the video to Pussy by Ramstein because it's like it was so not safe for work, and it, you basically had to go to porn sites to see it. Mm -hmm. Moving on slightly from the fact that this would never happen to a straight couple is the fact that although you're kind of numb to it, I'm not. I'm exhausted by it because it's it, you event you have to put up kind of barriers inside your head to say I'm going to protect myself and shield myself from this shit because otherwise it drives you crazy. The problem is that you can do that for as long as you like, but eventually it's going to have an effect on you because you can't not see it. You can try and deal with it, but it is exhausting to just, it's because it's so often like you just yeah. kind of, you've just got over the last time some idiot did, did or said something like this and it happens again. And it, it kind of, that over time, does for you know whether you want it to or not that does wear at your mental health and it is it, it does cause anxiety in people it, even people who are you know who've been out for years who are comfortable in themselves who are secure in their lives who are surrounded by people who love and affirm them all that good sh shit it still wears away at your mental health and it's part of why the lgbt plus community has such a dreadful record of of mental health problems yeah it's not the whole story obviously but it's a huge part of it yeah no it's very true um I, yeah i don't want to use the term straight privilege but you know straight people don't have to even think about like that sort of thing like i said personally no. i do feel numb to it but that's probably actually not the case like subconsciously you know it has affected me obviously you know over the past and probably still does um but it's just always there isn't it it's always something that you have to think about it's always something that you have to acknowledge you see shit and you know that's about you those people uh have yeah. a problem with you um so it's uh, it's it is hard um like i said for me personally I see myself as quite a sort of empathetic person so my when why i get upset by it these days is because i know that there are a lot of people who will take it extremely personally and who will get really upset about it and you know more severe so it's I don't, yeah just let people be it's it's also that it's not just that this kind of shit does damage to people it's that metal's supposed to be the place where everyone goes to get away from all the shit that's horrible right it's it's the escapist world the reason heavy metal is so full of skulls and swords and dragons and fucking blood and gore and satan and all that is that it is absolute escapist music you know, if it's, and it's why some people kind of don't really like heavy metal because they find it too silly. But a lot of for a lot of us, the kind of the theatrics is the point. You know, it's part it's partly why we go there because we don't have to think about the real stuff. 
And to, to if you're the kind of person who does go to metal for that and you're kind of do, looking at stuff in the metal world and you see this kind of shit, it kind of, it's hitting you where you live. It's where you're yeah. supposed to be free from this stuff. And I know I know full well there are going to be loads of people who say, oh, but what about this other community within metal who have it bad? And they're going to point quite accurately at women. They're going to point quite accurately at, about people who aren't white. They're going to point quite accurately at people who are in some way um, marginalized for reasons other than that such as people with various disabilities or uh, people whose legal status is kind of uh, not their own but yes that's all true and it doesn't make any of those things right either this is the supposed to be the place that we go to be together and to feel a kind of a sense of belonging that we haven't got elsewhere and the fucking homophobes have are here too and that's not right yeah no it's a very good point because when i was getting into metal um probably like a decade ago and still now you see it all the time and you hear it all the time metal is for everyone metal is the most inclusive friendly genre in the world and you know when i was like as i getting into it i was like 13 or something like that you sort of believe everything you hear don't you so i just accepted that i was like okay cool a community where everyone's going to be friends everyone's going to be nice and yeah, and then it's you get a few years down the line, you realise that's not the case, and there's still a hell of a lot of work to do to get to a point where metal can be that community that people say it is. Yeah, and it's um, you, metal is for everyone is a good line. One of my f- favourite bands to see live is a band called Freedom Call. They're a German power metal band who are kind of kind of seriously underrated as a, a live show because th- they do the kind uh, the thing that Skindred do, but German. So they, you know, they, they do the, you're not doing very well, let's try that again. No, you're not, still not doing very well. We're going to try that again. And you know, like they teach you the song before it starts, so that when it gets to the bit where you're supposed to sing along, you sing along. So they say, the chorus to this bit is, you know, um, all you need to do is say the name of our band. We are Freedom Call. The chorus of this song is Freedom Call just oh, that's all you need to know, like that and one of their best songs is a song called metal is for everyone and it's it's just about that and it's that feeling of being at a gig with you know loads of people some of whom you know some of whom you don't but you're all together and you're all in in this and it's it's accepting and and it's your home where you can't haven't found one and it's kind of to then be confronted by this kind of shit mm-hmm. is fucking shite frankly that is, that is a great thing about bands like that and you know i always love going to see skindred because that is you you do feel like everyone is welcome and benji you know makes a point of saying if you are any of these things if you are any of these people with discriminatory behavior get the fuck out and that's great but you know that's like one in a thousand bands that would do something yeah. like that the others don't make a point of it and thus those people will be there those people will be at those shows whether they're you know racist homophobic whatever and yeah i mean it's tough uh, you see it's much more well, to be honest i think it's much more prevalent online but i've yes. never been to metal gigs with a male partner um i have been to rock gigs and whatever but there is more of a accepting crowd i guess there um so i don't know you know if you've ever experienced anything at gigs like metal gigs or um it's kind of complicated I, um, we have i did kind of touch on this before with with joe when we spoke about being out at shows because mm. i have been to plenty of metal gigs with my partner um and 
some of them it's been a fantastic experience like going to night which was wonderful because it was one there were lots of visibly lgbt plus people there you know so you know if you there were obvious uh same-sex couples which is you know, always the giveaway and it was kind of oh this is great and we you know we were able to hold hands and touch heads for the, the kind of the slow songs and it was great and it was really it was like just a fa- fucking wonderful experience um I've also been to shows where we've heard someone shout um fuck this gay shit or things like that um mm-hmm. and you know I've I've heard worse at gigs where I haven't been with my partner as well and I've also heard the thing that really pisses me off is that I've heard comments from bands where I just go you I've kind of wanted to jump in and say you know that's homophobic right but because of the position I've been in I've never been in the kind of position where I've been able to do that and it really pisses me off that i haven't had that kind of haven't had that kind of power and that's partially what we're going to get to this in a sec but part of the reason this podcast exists is that if i hear someone saying that again because i will be there from an lgbt plus podcast if i hear it i'm going to say something about it and i'm probably going to try and get it on tape because Mm -hmm. you know if if someone wants to say that kind of shit like i don't want to be kind of cancelling people because that's not what they mean but i'm gonna try and get them to see you know that that's yeah. you know that that's not as okay as you think it is right yeah no exactly not trying to cancel them but just trying to get them to see how it could be offensive and just get them to you know try and relearn that behavior if they've you know grown up with thinking that's okay yeah it's not <laughs> and i have i mean i have to say i i won't name them because i think they're a band who are on the right side but th- there was a member of a band that I heard make a gay joke that he obviously thought was not offensive, and it was, and they didn't know I was either gay or any kind of music journalist, even though at the time I was editing Terrorizer. And they were just saying it to someone else, and I overheard it. Mm. So, uh, but that's a band that I've heard be kind of vocally anti homophobia. So it's obvious that they're not like bad in their intention intention. it's just that they've got these kind of ingrained feelings that are not all right that they think are all right and are not and if you look through the various types of comments there are some of them which are are, are along those lines it's someone who's who doesn't old drake from evil who's great um said if you've got a problem with all with what you're seeing here maybe there's something in yourself you you need to take a look at now it's possible he's doing the you know homophobes are gay thing which i don't think is true and i think it's actually not very helpful but i'd like to think what he means is actually maybe you if you want to be not homophobic then you need to challenge the fact that you think this is all right and so some of these comments were in in that area some people would just kind of die in the wall homophones who it's going to be really fucking hard to change them their opinions but not all of those were but they were still really fucking horrible to read yeah and like i said i mean even not just the actual worded comments but two out of every three comments when you scroll down were just the vomit emoji or you know, the gif, vom- the, like yeah. vomit gifs and stuff yeah exactly it's it's disgusting but no like i thought you know all what he said was was great um it's, it was just really, uh, fuck you, this isn't okay. Like, take a look yeah. at yourself. Take a look at what's gone wrong here. Why do you think like this? Why do you feel like this? That's, you know, just fucking, 
I don't want to be so naive and so simplistic about the whole thing, else, you know, there'd be no wars and shit like that, but why can't we just accept each other? You know, we don't have to fucking like each other, we don't have to all be best friends, but just let people be, you know, if they're not doing anything to harm you, or harm anyone else... What's the fucking problem? Yeah, and you know, even if you don't necessarily like, it's not homophobic to look at two dudes and think I'm not interested in that. Like, that's yeah, not homophobic. Exactly. I look at you know a man and a woman together and go, that's nothing to do with me. I look at a man and a woman together and go, holy shit, I get both. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you can, you, it's fine. You can keep one off. I'll have the other. Um, <laughs> but what's what is homophobic is where you go, Ugh, and then think that that's fine. Like it's mm-hmm. it's completely uns- like there's this thing that I've uh, that a number of people in in the kind of in all fights for equality have said is that having an instinctive reaction doesn't make you a bad person. Like there are going to be loads of things within you which are instinctive reactions that were kind of inflicted upon you that you had no volition in in putting there mm-hmm. so if you would if for example you your parents i'm not talking about you here obviously matt if if someone had parents who are really racist and said loads of racist things at home and that meant that they ended they got to adulthood and realized that loads of things that they've been taught were wrong but they're kind of they still have they they notice little things where they're going oh oh i'm 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 a bit uncomfortable here that in its own doesn't make them a racist what makes them a racist is when they go and that's fine when they don't challenge it so someone says i'm uncomfortable here because oh that's a racist thing yeah i should change i should work on that i'm it's all fine it's the same with this right if you're seeing a a picture of two dudes and going if you get to the point you are so disgusted by it you have to put a comment on the internet you have gone from being having an instinctive reaction which isn't your fault to being homophobic by your by not challenging that yeah no exactly this is always the point i try to make um i try not to ever be too harsh on people that come out with discriminatory remarks on anything because i always want to i always want to have a civil conversation with them i always want to try and tell why they feel like that where it's come from and try to get them to rethink it you know if you think about it deep down you will probably know that that's not all right and you can change that it's worth adding as well that I don't think that these people represent the majority of metal, because no. my experiences of being out at shows is is too not is too not problematic. Like having spent a couple of bloodstocks with my boyfriend virtually the whole time, I'm I'm reasonably confident that actually. Uh, it, it's kind of like the Bloodstock webpage, right? If you be on the Facebook page, have you ever been on Bloodstock Facebook page? I stay away from Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably for the best. But back, I mean, this was kind of legendary back in the day because the people, any time a band got announced who basically wasn't Cannibal Corpse or Mayhem or someone like that, everyone would be like, "That's not heavy enough," or something like that. And it the bands who would get kind of the most hate. It was always someone like Hatebreed or the Black Dahlia murder. And you went, well, the reaction, people were thinking, oh, the reaction on there must mean that Bloodstock's full of cunts, right? Who are all really judgmental. And then you go at Bloodstock and the, the number of people mm. watching those bands losing their minds would be absolutely vast. They'd be The arena would be as close to full as it gets in, at that yeah. time of day. And you'd go, oh, the people on the internet aren't the people buying the tickets. That's fine. 
it's a similar kind of thing with this in that the yeah. people who speak out are always the worst, right? It's always the most no, exactly. angry. It's not typical. Well, the people who don't have a problem with it or the people who support it often just don't say anything because they're they're like, yeah, that's cool. They'll you know they'll maybe give it a like on Facebook or Twitter or something, but obviously that's not seen as much as the comments. You know, there's not yeah. many people commenting, yeah, this is great because that's just what they're thinking. And, you know, most of us, I'm sure, are like that. But it's people who feel the need to say something negative. That's where all those comments are and that's what you see most of the time. Yeah. But, that, yeah, like you say, that is not... That's like, you know, I'd like to think it's like 1% of people, probably a bit more, probably being a bit naive, but it's probably it's a bit many. more than that. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, there are there are unfortunately opinion polls that say that it is more than that. Yeah. The thing I feel, though, is that if you look at the last kind of 30 years, where we are now is, you know, the, I keep I've mentioned many, many times the It Gets Better project and the It Gets Better thing applies both to the experience of an individual within the world as in it has got better over time and also the other side of the closet and you know getting away from any you know, homophobic influences in your life is much better so that society and metal has got way better in the last kind of 30 plus years the thing that annoys me is back in 2014 i wrote an editorial for terrorizer which is still online if you search terrorizer metal is gay you'll find it it's still up uh, where I basically kind of said a bunch of this stuff then because I got really, really bored of seeing uh, gay under Facebook posts and all that jazz. My feeling is that in terms of gay rights and gay acceptance, we have not moved a huge amount on from there. I think there are other bits of the LGBT community where things are moving yeah. faster. And yeah. I... And, you know, I will let those people speak for themselves, but from from the outside, that's my my impression. But for for my little bit, which is the 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 G bit of the LGBT plus rainbow, my feeling is that things have kind of stalled a little bit. Yeah, that's I think always depressing. In any, it, there is a lot of the times where you look at a movement as a whole and feel like there has been progress, but then you'll take one individual aspect of it. And you feel instinctively that yes, there has been progress, but when you actually look at it to, you know, a decade ago or something, you often see, oh shit, not much has changed actually. Yeah. There are a number of, I've spoiler alert, there are a number of features we've got lined up which are focused on this kind of shit, which we had planned before this stuff happens. So we're examples of where someone has been kind of prominently homophobic with their metal that's not very good that we were going to kind of say well although we've been quite positive overall we've got to, you know you've got to have some vegetables with all this sugar unfortunately and here's some of it and these are examples where it hasn't gone very well and uh, the the, tra the depressing thing about that is a bunch there's quite a few of those were recent and i don't mean like 20 2009 i mean kind of 2015 which is not that which is after i wrote that thing and yeah. unfortunately, and you know, there've been other ones since then that I kind of I've just thought of and realised I should have written down. And the fact that that stuff is still there is pretty poisonous. And it's it 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 is partly why this podcast exists, right? When I I wrote that thing, I thought, well, hopefully that all you know, th this is kind of gonna be one of the last times it needs to be written because it feels like the tide's changing and we just need to kind of edge the you know we need to 
we've got the ball in the six yard box. We need to just get it over the line. And when I came up with the podcast in about 2017 was when I first thought of this thing and then spent ages developing it. I thought, oh shit, um, by the time I actually get this off the ground, it's going to be too late. We're not going to, this stuff's going to be over. We're not going to need it anymore. <laughs> Uh, you and, wish. and I'm really kind of I'm on the one hand it's great to talk to you every week Matt and you know it's this is a fun thing to do but on, I wish that little bit of it wasn't yeah. necessary no you wish all of the features were positive things yeah <laughs> load more side by sides shit like that yeah yeah and I wish I could just be doing loads more interviews which are really boring and people just going yeah everything's great let's talk about Man of War <laughs> for fun and just do and just do that but instead it's it's not no, but we do have to talk about this thing because, you know, if there's ever a, a show of ours that you're going to share, listeners, like, please let it be this one because this is this is important. This has to be addressed um, and it has to be fucked off. Yeah, it <laughs> we does. We are a long way from there. And, you know, the only way that we can ever get there is by more people actually vocalizing that, no, it's not okay to be like this. Yeah. You know, take a stand, make a point. And the sad thing is that, like, I've... I've mentioned there's no side by side here. There was the reason I mentioned that feature was there was going to be one this week, and it was going to be the one that made me think of the of that particular concept in the first place, and that was from ages ago. And it's about a band that I think both you and I are really keen on, and it's a really good thing that they did, and they are good people, and they are a good influence, and there have been a number of times when I've kind of I've noticed them being prominently anti some twat bag on the internet who's being homophobic. And that's, you know, I've got a lot of time for that. And that's, this shit has got in the way. And it really pisses me off that we haven't been able to do that thing. Because that was, that was much, that was something that would have been much better to talk about. Yeah, I know. Hopefully in the future we can have like a month long where we do a side by side every week. And everyone loves everybody. But yeah. <laughs> we've got to get to that point. That would be nice. I mean, I think the the kind of. We will finish here because we don't want to go on too long because this has already been quite long and I'm, I thank you for keeping with us. The thing that I really feel everyone needs to keep an, keep their their thoughts on is that anytime someone says something like this and it's kind of, it's not moderated. Like I don't expect people to be keyboard warriors on the internet and jump in and stick up for the LGBT plus community's um, defense every time. But every time this stuff isn't moderated like the every time these tweets aren't you know reported and people aren't blocked and you know, they've why the if i was blabmouth i'd be blocking these people because i just think well if home you say we're not going to accept racist or homophobic language on our website why are you accepting people with homophobic language in your comment section and the same goes exactly. for same goes for facebook so anytime you know you are not doing things about this then frankly it's not going to change things it's if we just kind of leave it till itself and wait for societal change every kid who sees this shit is going to feel like well metal's not a welcoming place so that's not for me and it, you know there is a real problem with lgbt plus representation in metal and there is also a real problem with how many people from the queer community just look at metal and think well that's not for me and that it's not because of the music it's because it's full of homophobic dickwads and unfortunately, until that kind of shit is cleared up, we're going to keep having a problem. But I think we should probably leave it there because I'm just going to depress people and we will move on to something hopefully much more cheerful. 
We move on to the bit of the show called the Hate Crew Gay Bar. This is where we have set up a heavy metal gay bar and stacked the jukebox with all the classic albums, but the staff keep moaning at us that all they hear all day is pour some sugar on me and wait and bleed, which are two very, very different songs that you probably shouldn't put one after another. Uh, And they've asked us to keep putting new stuff in just to make sure that they're not deluged with the same songs. So we pick one album each each week to put in the jukebox, and if there's one that we both really passionately agree about, we'll do that as a third. Uh, Matt, first up this week, what have you gone for? Um, so for the second week running, I picked a band that have previously plied their trade in uh, the black metal spheres, and whose new record barely has any remnants of that genre remaining. Yes, very uh, much this- so. <laughs> this is uh, Crawl Below, uh, who are, as far as I can tell, a solo project from Charlie Platterbos, aka Charlie Sadeyes, based in Norwich, Connecticut, and this album, Nine Mile Square, is a concept record about that very city. I'm not sure I've heard anything completely like this before. I don't really know how to describe it, uh, to, pe- to give people an idea of how it sounds. It's doomy, atmospheric, gothy post-punk almost um i mean there's a lot of the cure in this um i feel like actually there are a few elements in each of our albums this week tom that are quite similar um both bands clearly like typo negative for a start uh yeah i think my pick is arguably the more goth which is unusual for mm. me but um i, I mean I, th- I think in terms of what it's like the the, uh, the things that i kind of went most were if you imagine a, something like an autumn for crippled children or alcest but swapped out the um the, the kind of shoegazy thing for a much more post metal thing, you might get, and I mean post-metal, not kind of black metal, but with post-metal bits, it's, it, the black metal's gone. That's kind of where you get to, I think, so, I mean, something like that, maybe, uh, or potentially, uh, I mean, it, it, a much, much more cheerful and less kind of horribly tragic uh, version of the uh, final Woods of Ypres album. Uh, which uh, was it called Grey Skies and Electric Light? Was that it? Uh, I think I remember the songs, but I don't remember the album title. Um, uh, it's, it's the one with the whole that uh, that picture of the uh, uh, bloke holding his face in his hands, which kind of was was tragic when you looked at it even before d- what happened to poor David Gold. Um, I mean, it's 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 very nice, isn't it? It's very nice. I mean. Could, what do, what are your kind of overriding feelings listen to it what does it do for you in terms of what button what but what buttons it pushes if i could speak english uh, yeah so i'll start by saying that i think this album is really good but it's not something i'd listen to much at all it's an incredibly mood based record um it's it is really fucking miserable did you think <sighs> i think so <laughs> that's interesting tell me what you think and then and then i'll i'll give you my um slightly dis- different opinion but uh, okay. i'm interested i think we've obviously taken very different things with this this mm. is fascinating yeah when when i've listened to this album this week when i've been feeling all right I've enjoyed it a lot less than when I've been listening to it when I've been a bit down. Like, when I'm feeling low, uh, I like listening to depressing music because I find it quite cathartic, whereas forcing myself to listen to it this week for writing notes when I've been doing alright has been a bit of a challenge. Um, The vocals are so theatrical, I feel like in an almost Shakespearean tragedy sort of way, and that really resonates with me. I've been quite emotional listening to this record, and it's an odd one because... It's usually the lyrics that get me like that, um, whereas 
these songs, I mean, are apparently about, you know, casinos and hills and shit, but the tone that this album maintains all the way through, uh, I find for me personally, it really transports me to a, a, you know, a place. I don't know where that place is, but it's not a happy place. Maybe it's Norwich, Connecticut. I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> That's interesting because I, I find it quite nice and quite cheerful. And I think that's perhaps I think perhaps your reading of it as a, a slightly more gloomier record is possibly mm. why you enjoy it more because I kind of I keep listening to it and going this is all like it isn't I it's like, I want to make this very clear I don't think this is kind of garbage or anything like that because the structuring's really good the riffs are good the vocals got some lovely melodies in he can sing really well the guitar playing's really nice it's it's all kind of structurally sound it's just the effect that I think I'm not getting i i just find it very very nice and i want it to either go much more much more kind of euphoric and do the the unrequited thing where it is like kind of a post-orgasmic cuddle or i want someone to want them to have the kind of the nastier bits that that's that someone like alces do where you've got the kind of the odd moment of shrieking or the all the kind of more intense tremolo stuff or the odd kind of faint blast beaty bit so that you've got some kind of a bit more in terms of light and shade because i do i do find it quite pleasant i mean i don't know if that's intentional or not but i just i just listen to this oh isn't this very nice this is a sunny day in connecticut we're off for a <laughs> stroll and and i just go it's it's perfectly fine but it it doesn't it doesn't do the thing i think it it would have to do to win me over to that it's a, it's kind yeah. of a bit in the spirited and which oh, is wow. Well, maybe that's a bit that's a bit strong. It's it's not that much, but it's it's kind of the thing that you hear that you hear think is you feel kind of gothy reaction to. I hear and think kind of all oh, that's kind of much more kind of nineties alt rock. Yeah, which, that's, which uh... I'm not I'm not so I'm not so enthusiastic about. Yeah, sure. No, that's fascinated me actually because yeah, I genuinely feel like this is probably the most depressing record I've heard all year. Um. I mean, Charlie, as a vocalist, I feel like has a lot of um, Morrissey uh, to his approach as a vocalist who, yes, I know, but he is one of my favourite vocalists ever. So maybe that's why I'm feeling that on that front so much. Um, I also really like the lo-fi production. Um, as it, I feel it does really help maintain the mood that it's set in. Um, you, you know, you wouldn't want it to be too shiny or crisp on something like this. It would feel like a weird juxtaposition to how I see the album. Um, there's really a lot of cool elements here you know i love the vocal motif on kingdom of the ruined where charlie's voice cracks uh, something about that always gets me um the lead guitars on the penultimate track and the call and response type vocals uh, remind me of a certain emo song from like 2004 or something that i cannot put my finger on but you know i'm all about that scene so that was a nice bit of nostalgia yeah i mean the, the, the problem there is that you've referenced two band two entire things that i would quite like to get in the bin which are yeah. anything to do with morrissey <laughs> and anything emo i mean like i managed to miss emo entirely basically because of what i was doing kind of away from music i was kind of so busy that i wasn't listening to a huge amount of new music and what i did was was very targeted mm-hmm. so like the whole my chemical romance thing i only knew because my niece who was precisely the right age was into it and that was it i that was the only thing i knew about my chemical romance was that they were a thing that was really really popular with the kind with the age group that um, in my era was into green day which was me back in the day um but you know it's it's not so i kind of looked at that and went well that's nothing to do with me because i'm like 
eight years too old for that and went nah and moved and went and off and listened to Cult of Luna again. Um <laughs> no it wouldn't mean Cult of Luna, it was a Monomarth that I was mega into at that stage. Um nice. I'm still mega into a Monomarth. It was just cool. that was just Always. kind of my, my peak of of thinking that they were amazing. Um and I think the fact that it's it's kind of it's those two things that I just hear and go yeah, that's that's not for me. <laughs> it's just kind of no, instinct, instinctive brain going, no, turn left here. I can understand that, but that's, that is in itself, I think for you, though, a weird juxtaposition because you say it's you find it really pleasant, but then you say maybe it's the whole Morrissey slash emo thing, which those two things are not pleasant. <laughs> oh, but I just, I, I mean, I don't find Morrissey, I just find the Smiths cheerful. I just find them very nice. Like oh it's not, it's okay. it, like it's, it's miserable, but it's nice. It's kind of, it's a bit. <laughs> it's a bit. It's, it's a bit. Johnny Marr with his jangly guitars. <laughs> yeah, but that, I just hear. I just hear that and just go. Oh, oh no, no, no. I mean, it, there are no, there are very few bands that I am more willing to turn off than the Stone Roses. So anytime I hear jangle, I just go no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. But anyway, we have digressed quite badly and started talking about you know things that are definitely not for, not right for a metal podcast. We will leave that there and move on to my choice, which is, um, if yours is depressing, fuck knows what this is. Um, I want, was initially going to talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but I kind of went, I think I need more time with it myself. But also I kind of want the audience to have a little bit more time with it because it's so dense. Uh, and this is uh, The Ruins of Beaverist's new album, uh, the fuel grimoires which no one can say and it's really annoying me because i'm that pedantic um but it's um it's the uh, uh they've been around for nearly 20 years now um i first heard them on uh the 2009 album the foulest seamen of a sheltered elite uh, and i think they really kind of moved into the underground's um consciousness in a really huge way on uh, their 2013 album Blood Vaults, uh, The Blazing Gospel of Heinrich Kramer. Sorry, Heinrich there is a, a German speaking listener who will tell me off if I don't pronounce that correctly um, which would you know, and and that kind of, I liked uh, Fowler's Seaman uh, of a sheltered elite, not the album, I want to make that very clear but I, it, Blood Vaults was the one where I really went yeah, you're great um, the reason I've kind of waited and even though some other podcasts have spoken about this, I'm bringing it in anyway, is that this is the first thing I've heard this year that I've gone, whatever else comes out in 2021, that's going to be in my top 20 without even needing to think about it. Matt, are you as into this as I am? Um, Not at this point, but I feel like that is a lot to do. I'll get onto it more later, but a lot to do with the fact that I have only been listening to this for like a week, a week and a half. Um, and <clears throat> I've listened to it maybe six times, uh, but that sort of feels like it's been cramming and I'm not sure that that is the correct way to digest this album. It is not um, correct. Yeah, no, I feel like I really like it, but I feel like I could like it a lot more, but it's going to take a few months because after each listen, I feel like I need like a two week break to, <laughs> to recalibrate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I should say this is one of the most dense records mm. that i've heard in a long time um perrin from that's not metal who is you know great and i agree with loads of what he says and i think he's a really smart guy and you know really really like him uh, he said on that's not metal that he, he had got into this on first listen i'm sorry <laughs> perrin that's i don't believe you like i have been listening to this band for 12 years and even i needed two or three listens before i went 
yeah, no, I'm into this. The first couple of listens, I went, oh, what's going on? It's so much going on. Right, there is a, a, a little clip of uh, David Attenborough. Yes, that's David yeah. Attenborough. Um, I which I, <laughs> I presume is from one of his documentaries where he, one of the documentaries he's done where they film like at the ocean floor, like at the bottom of an abyssal plain 6,000 feet down or something like that. Um, and he's just saying, the blackness is complete. And you just have that little sample. And that's basically what listen to the album is like, right? Like it, he's telling you, yeah, you're in for a, a dark ride. It is so dense. It is the point at which it's very, very down-tuned guitars. It's very well-produced, actually. It's not it, it, It's not kind of foul and, and necro or anything. It's just, yeah. it's it's the point at which the definition between the lines between doom and black and death metal just become irrelevant. It's just like it's just it's just extreme because it's very down tuned and it's also very tremolo and there's bits of atonal stuff but not really. But there's also it's also got lots of kind of slow passages and then it's got loads of bits which are just pure goth mm-hmm. and are really good. And he's got and oh yeah, it's um, there's so much going on. You will need lots of listens for this because it's yep. it's a lot. Yeah, like I said, even after five six listens, I don't feel like I've got anywhere near into this. Uh, I will say though. As I've already mentioned, I was on a massive Sugar Babes binge the other night, um, and the first few seconds of the first song on this album, I realised, sounds exactly like the opening of the Sugar Babes song Freak Like Me. So, you know, yes, I will keep finding mid noughties pop references in metal, there's nothing you can do to stop me. <laughs> However, it is fair to say that the rest of the album doesn't sound like Sugar Babes. Um, yeah, I, I, I really don't know what's going on here. Um, I... As I said, I, I don't like it anywhere near as much as I think I should or probably will in time. But there are so many individual elements in each song. There's so many things going on. Um, so I, do, I just think it's not like all clicked and fallen into place with me yet. I love individually a lot of the clean vocals. He has a really unique sort of intonation and tone. And yeah, it fits perfectly with lines like, uh, I think it's in the second song, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a line, here be dragons, here be us. Which, yeah. It's so fucking epic. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great on that. And the clean vocals, like the clean vocals, are a really important thing because, like, when I say it's kind of really dense, that what I don't mean is there are seventeen layers of shit going on, and mm. the riffs are coming at, at you with kind of seven billion notes a second. It's actually quite spaced out. It gives you quite a lot of time to listen to each section. It's the only reason the album makes any sense at all because it is actually, you know, in terms of kind of building blocks, it's not that kind of weird and and kind of difficult it's just that the, it's so all each individual bit is just so odd and the vocals are a big part of of what makes it kind of go from being something which is just kind of extreme to being something which is just amazingly beautiful and that you once you get the vocals and it does take a few listens it all kind of starts to slide together and these kind of dis, different things that he's working with come together in a way that kind of takes it up a level and you go Christ I am going to be listening to this yeah. a lot from here on in it's yeah stunning and it's so it's terrifying but it's gorgeous at the same time yeah like I said as I feel I've not it's not fully clicked into place for me yet some of the songs still feel like bits glued together um but they do still manage to make a sort of overarching mood and overarching atmosphere um there's the main riff on uh fucking hell Cromlech Nell? Cromlech Nell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cromlech um, Nell, sorry, German. <laughs> okay, yeah, that 
to my warped ears, it sounds like some 80s new wave shit, which I am all over. Um, there's lead guitar part that repeats throughout the song as well, which is um, just Within You Without You by the Beatles, which is you know, always a good thing. I mentioned earlier about... No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it is. Come on. There will, be no, be- there will be no there will be no, <laughs> Beatles approval Not without you challenging. Well. You know, they're dreadful. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we can skip past that, but I, I'm not. I'm not letting everyone think that I'm on board with the Beatles. <laughs> I don't want that stain on my reputation. Uh, fine. Uh, yeah, I mentioned earlier as well about typo. Uh, I'm not the biggest typo fan. I've not like fully gone into them properly, uh, but there's a lot of Pete Steele here and some of the clean vocals in there. I'm not a big enough typo fan to really kind of say whether or not they're a uh, a huge influence on this. I mean, it, it, there's definitely lots of bits that I immediately identify as kind of goth, though. I mean, I, yeah. the the ending of the Cromlechnell uh, is a song that a lot of people has highlighted as one of the best. I'm not convinced it is. Riot Act pointed out that this was one of the best songs of the album. I went, well, it is when you listen to it for the first couple of times because it's the catchiest one. It's the closest yeah. that the album has to a single. I think that the best songs in the album are Ropes Into Eden, which is the song at the start with The Blackness is Complete, which makes it me sound like I'm doing a voiceover to a 90s video game because um, it's just so dense and intense and horrible and terrifying. But the two best songs other than that are the last two, Polar Hiss Hysteria and, and uh, Deserts to Bind Defeat because uh, Polar Hiss Hysteria kind of ends on this is kind of gorgeous gothy melody and then kind of fades away. And then the start of, of Deserts to Bind Defeat is kind of this this fantastic, really gothy thing at the start, which is quite slow and quite brooding, quite slow to build. And it's yeah. it's like 14 minutes long. It's massive. It's monolithic, very much like the, the Cromlech of earlier in, in the album. The thing that it reminds me of, and it's there are very few direct comparisons to the Ruins of Beerus, the only ones I can really think of are... Um, Trypticon and kind of by extension Dark uh, Fortress as well because I think a lot of a lot of what's made it sound that way is 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 because of things that are come between those two bands um, and the song that this reminds me of very intensely is the prolonging which is the last song in a Peristera Diamond and if you know it it is just this enormous terrifying tortured beautiful thing that ends yeah, really just in, in, in ends in kind of this pool of blackness and despair which kind of plunges you into it and it's the kind of it reminded me of of a very small and select group of extremely long and and brilliant extreme metal songs and it's kind of i went this is like leave me here this is like neptune is dead by Ultra plagues Uh, leave me here by cult of luna and it's it that's the kind of that's the tear this structuring has kind of made me think of and it's i just think it's wonderful yeah, I was also going to highlight that song, actually, the last song. Um, it is, like you said, it's a really cool build for the first few minutes and really epic sounding. And there's a really cool motif on an instrument that I cannot place, um, but it goes throughout the sort of soft and the heavy parts, which is really cool. Um, the middle section is interesting because it doesn't really seem to do much, but it seems to really fly by. Like, I, I sort of I get lost in it, and then yeah. I look at the timing and, like, six, seven minutes of that song have passed, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um yeah. I haven't quite got my head around that. And then the last three minutes of that song are sodgy as fuck, uh, with a riff that seems to get like one BPM slower every time it's played, which is really cool. It just sort of feels like you're being dragged along with it. Um, I think my favourite, personally, though, on the album is Mammothpolis. That's Um, also really good. Yeah, Yeah. it's wicked. It has a really cool sort of throbbing synth uh, and a really cool like low-as-fuck bass line that would work really great in a goth nightclub. 
um, the vocals at the start, I don't know what language they're in, but it's almost throat singing type thing. It sounds like a tribal chant or something. Um, it's really unnerving and quite uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh, it creates really good tension. I really like that song. I think it's really cool. Oh well, finally we have we have one. I've managed to completely convince you with one of my picks that isn't just feeling like indoctrination. Um, but having you know before he can like pick out things that uh make me think I'm wrong about that, I'm going to move on from there very quickly because uh. Leave it on a high, but basically, the ruins of Beaverus, the Thielgrim was is fucking brilliant, and it's absolutely amazing, and just everyone should give it a go. And well, no, they should probably give it about three goes because one go is kind of pointless. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they're both of those are going into the Hate Crew Gay Bar jukebox. Uh, but I, I think we're gonna have to leave things there. There will be no Camp Classic this week for the first time. It's the first time we've not done one. Uh, even when we've been crossing over with other podcasts, we've always done that. Uh, a camp classic but the homophobes ate this one so yeah that 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 thunderous one i promised you last week's gonna have to move to another episode uh matt thank you very much i hope this hasn't been too torturous digging through loads of homophobic twat bags oh no so like you said it's got to be done it's important to highlight uh hopefully we can change the mood next week because i have an album which i might pick in be picking which is utterly absurd and i think might be right up your alley with its absolute bombast Oh, I'm interested to know what that is, but uh, I have I also have one that my, well I'm I haven't decided what's going next week. Mine may also be very bombastic. Um, it's also may just be something that's quite that's quite brutal. There is a slam record I'm really tempted to do next week, which would be really funny. I don't um, know which one that is. <laughs> yeah, you probably do. Uh, no, I don't think you do actually. I'm not entirely convinced you've heard it, but you know we will uh, talk about that next time. Thank you very much, Matt, and. Uh, w- w- we will end on the thing I said before, which is that it does get better. It is getting better. So don't think this is kind of all it's terrible. It's just, you know, we need to sort our house out, but it does get better. Listen to crawl below, listen to the ruins of Beaverist. And I'm now off to try and rebuild a PC. Goodbye.